1: Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. Mm-mm. a subtle lesson that we're learning with Spooko is that some of the scarier things aren't necessarily the slasher with the ax who's waiting behind the door and, and this sort of stuff. It's actually real life stuff. And Shag, I, I'm sorry that Spooko is becoming Peach's story time, but I had actually a scary thing happen recently that produced a genuine like digestive response. You know how there's that, there's that body of um, study about links between anxiety and digestion and how, like, irritable bowel syndrome, it can actually be linked to sort of mental health outcomes and these sort of things. And, like, when you say, oh, I'm worried about something, you go, oh, I shit myself and this and this kind of thing. Well, let me tell you a little story from Peach's old legal career, right? Acting for a client in a piece of, like, hotly contested litigation where delay has been this issue. So this thing's been running for about three years and I'm in court and delay, delay, delay has been the issue up to this stage and I um, argue and I cause these arguments to be made and it goes for a number of hours and I win. And what I win is leave. So which means like, you you know, the opportunity, you, you, you know, leave, the courts leave, the courts permission to file a document within 24 hours. And we've just got 24 hours to file this document. We've already prepared it weeks ago. So I've just got leave to send it into the court, leave to file it. Fucking, I'm the best. Peach, how did I do it? How does he do it? He's the greatest of all time. Fucking, like, raise the champagne. Peach got leave to file the fucking document. Yep, yep, I'm a hero. All right, great, on to the next. Like, what else have you got for me? And about two weeks after that, I got an email from my opponent who said, Oh, do you remember two weeks ago when you had leave to file that document? um, Just confirming that, like, you weren't going to file it because you haven't filed it yet. And um, just sort of confirming, like, you weren't going to do anything. And I just had the moment where, like, your stomach, like, shifts through the floor. And I was just like, you fucking what? And your big homie, James, coffee in a case note, poich does the hard stuff, fucking quick-draw McGraw in court. All he had to do was to draft a maybe 45-second email to the court or perhaps a 15-second email to an internal junior to cause the thing to be filed. And your big homie fucking didn't do it. And what happens when lawyers do things that, Um, put their clients' rights at risk is that you have to report it to your lawyer's insurer, right, because you might have a negligence claim made against you because this is really important stuff and and the value of it's about $2.5 million if, if, if I'd lost my client's final opportunity to argue about this. Now, to spoil the ending, um, romantic comedy style rather than horror style, it was completely fine. The judge was like, oh, yeah, man, I get it. I used to not fast stuff on time as well. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So this, like, massive issue turned out to be a non-issue. But it was just a stark reminder that um, the, you know, snake-haired Medusa or the serpentine-penised Mendoza or whatever the fucking bad he was in The Exorcist might sound reasonably scary, but... Uh, It's often those real-life things, Shag, that can induce the horror response just as easily or perhaps more easily than, uh, than anything the imagination of George Romero could possibly bring to us.
0: Sometimes I also think maybe that's a very... Dude and white dude sort of perspective again because uh-huh. I was thinking about this recently too, right? So mm. I've been listening to this song by indie. Like I don't know if the term indie really means that much anymore.
1: Is this but, the I got your picture, I'm coming with you, <laughs> dear Maria, count me in? <laughs> I don't
0: even know what you're singing, but no, no, it's the, it's a it's a singer. Her name is uh, Lucy Dacus, and she has this song out called Thumbs, and the song is basically about supporting either a friend or a partner whose deadbeat dad has called her out of the blue to be like, hey, let's meet up. And she didn't want to go, but her or his dad has this control over them. Mm. And so they meet up and it's called Thumbs because she's like, I hate that you have his eyes, but he got there first. But... All I can imagine is me pushing my thumbs into his eyes and hearing them pop and Sick. T- you know what scares me the most about that song so we're both dads mm. and I just had this fear and I don't like I don't like I'm trying my best not to have this happen but mm. I had this fear like 20 years in the future something's gone wrong and I become a deadbeat dad I actually haven't seen golden child in years mm. like to me I'm like. I can't think of a greater fear than that. And honestly, mm. every time I listen to that song, I, for some reason I put myself in that place. And I'm like, Shag, what are you doing to be like a, you know, are you being there more? Like, what can you do? Like, what can you do to make sure that you don't ever become a deadbeat dad? You know what I mean? Which is crazy because we're living in a moment where basically half of the population are saying we're still getting killed indiscriminately. And then every time we try to do all the right things, nothing matters. Mm. And it's crazy that there, like, the, like there are real fears that mm. you know exist. Like, you know, and so, oh, a, And anyway. yours
1: is what if in twenty years yeah. I feel disappointed <laughs> with myself as a father? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Right, it's the right? proportionate. Yeah, no, I understand.
0: So, look, this is a roundabout way mm. to come to the film we're doing today. Now, again. Mm. This is how does a... it how does
1: it compare to my experience in the federal court? Because that was <laughs> like I saw your face, Shag. I, like I think you were pretty scared for me. You were worried about how it was going to turn out. For you know what? Coach.
0: I think it's, I actually think that's <laughs> fucking dumb. Like I think it's so dumb that we're adults. Why are they dumb? Like time limits. It's like okay, here's this important thing, but you have twenty four hours. Like we're I mean, fucking dumb. Like I'll just get that. I'll get that thing to you when it's ready. And if it's not late, the court can be like, "Where is the paycheck?" Like it's almost there. Like for fuck's sake Like that's fucking dumb I'm sorry that's dumb Law, Like is law all just made up Like is everything you do kind of pretend
1: You know that Al's like Al's like look congrats on your career Going well or whatever But you know all you really do is just like argue about words Like Like I'm pretty sure that's what you do And I'm like yeah That's that's what I do I argue about words
0: Anyway, so look, last week and I was talking... made talk-
1: up numbers. So you argue about words and made up numbers and I'm like, yep, they're the two things.
0: So last week I was talking about my experiences mm. uh, with Shudder and how I was like using it to find some sort of mm. deep cuts in the horror genre yeah, that i would be.
1: sponsor yet? Because they sound great. <laughs> 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 Shout out Shudder.
0: <laughs> I love your deep negging, like in Hope. <laughs> <laughs> Did that come up? But anyway, but anyway, anyway, one of the films that appeared there has mm. just been showing up in my feed a lot lately because since we've been doing Spooko, mm. I've been following more horror accounts. And the way the internet works, because I'm part of it and it's kind mm. of fucked, is that the internet just gives you more of what it thinks you want. Mm-hmm. And it's getting better at knowing what you actually want and predicting what you want before you even know what you want. Mm. So I've been served this film a lot from 1980 called maniac and i read into it and it's considered like a cult classic it mm. was sort of semi-banned in a few places it got some notoriety anyway there's some really famous people attached to it tom savini does the effects the effects aren't that great like tom it's actually, Savini,
1: fucking. Yeah. so
0: yeah. so there's there's like there's a lot going on in this film so i was like okay mm. you know what i'm gonna watch this for spooko i watched it I actually watched it early this morning before the rest of the fam woke up. Mm. I was too screening it, so I had some work on one computer. I was watching it on another computer. Mm. And I had it in my headphones, but I was, like, sort of half paying attention to it. And a lot of the film concerns a maniac mm. stalking women. And it it, it made me realise, like, how much... Of the horror genre to me, I'm like, wow, what a like crazy premise for a film. Yeah, but it's like uh, this is like a normal day-to-day a fear mm. for pretty much every woman in your life, which is crazy. Mm. And uh, like to me I was kind of tossing up like a like huge trigger. Like, I mean, I think there's 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 value in talking about this film, so I'm going mm. to do it. But obviously, like huge trigger warning on this film today from 1980, a cult slasher, I won't say classic, a cult slasher film. Mm. Called Maniac. This is a
1: three-minute trailer. Won't (laughs) look thing? Three fucking minute trailer. The the,
0: the film's about eighty minutes long. Too fancy girls and their fancy dresses and their lipstick, laughing and dancing. But you stop them, don't you? I can't stop them, but you do, don't you? Frank, and boy. Please, please, Mommy, please, please
1: don't lock me in the closet. Mommy has to punish you. Oh, man, I've seen enough. I've seen enough. Like, yeah. Like it was like a forty-five-year preview. Like, <laughs> I get it. That felt very, very upsetting. Very, very ripped from yesterday's, today's, and tomorrow's fucking headlines. Man, the world is a grim and scary place. Like fuck, Christian Porter. You know the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. The, I, I
0: it's, it's, it's weird. Like my feelings for this film are so complicated because. Remember when we covered Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. and the way that Toby Hooper talked about making that film? He's like, I wanted it to feel like a long nightmare. Mm. This film feels like that, and wh- what what I guess it has going for it, or you know, like maybe not going for it, but what's kind of worth watching about it is the fact that the entire film is unsettling and awful. There's no levity. There's no jokes. There's no taking this lightly. It's like, no, 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 this is an, you are watching a terrible, awful, like it basically from the get go is like, you are watching a terrible, awful thing. And there's, I, I didn't enjoy watching it at all. And in fact, I feel like a little bit worse for watching it, but our approach to, you know, the world is to show the nuance. Uh, The horror genre has things like this in it. And I guess I'm going to share that with you today. And uh, Peach.
1: Yeah, it sounds awesome. us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what's weird about this film, though, right? So yeah, it like I like I wasn't lying when I said it was a cult film. Mm. Uh, its director in 2009 didn't really do too much more than this and was still given a Lifetime Achievement Award by the New York Horror Film Festival. Um, at that horror film festival, he announced that it was getting remade and in 2012, it got remade with Elijah fucking Wood playing the maniac. Oh
1: my God.
0: Which is crazy, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Like, did he even direct the remake? I was like, hmm, it sounds like someone's working on working on this movie
0: uh it was directed by a I, I think a spanish director who's done quite a lot of horror films sick um hopefully but anyway, my
1: favorite platform
0: <laughs> so let's get into this now this is mm. classed as a psychological horror and newsflash whenever anybody calls something a psychological horror it just means the bad guy is like crazy like, that's literally all it means.
1: Uh, Sorry, I thought it would mean, like, it's about going mad. It, it, like, that's what no. I understand when you say psychological horror. Well, yeah, like, okay.
0: maybe, but as long as it's the bad guy. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's never that much deeper. And, in fact, you know, in my industry, I can't remember the exact term, but there's this phrase that we use a little bit where it's like, when you know just enough to fuck things up. Now, does that make sense? Do you, like, let me explain an example, mm. right? So, there's lots of things that I can pretend to know about mm. and pitch to clients that I might actually fuck up if I pitch something and they agree and then it's like, oh, wow, I actually had no idea what that was. And mm. in fact, either we can't do it or what I sold in was wrong or whatever, right? You
1: you, you know enough to sort of overpromise, like to yeah, sort of sell. I know enough
0: to be like, hey, like we'll create an AI that automatically yeah. sends your customers a free sample when they like, your YouTube video or something. Yep. And be, and the client's like sick. Yes, we'll buy that. And then we sell it in and they're like shag, we can't. That that doesn't exist. Yes. And I'm like, but I but AI exists <laughs> and it's like, yeah, goes. You exists, know what I mean? Too, but we can't <laughs> do it. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So I feel the same thing happened when film directors discovered psychology. Where it's like <laughs> they, know, they know that psychology exists, mm. they know that sometimes effects on people as children, mm. you know, or trauma has long lasting effects in the lives of people, but that doesn't mean they understand the motivations of someone who is affected by trauma.
1: There's a lot of psychology x machina in the films we've seen of like, oh, it's because of um, because they're psyched, they're psyched out of it, it's all psyched into it.
0: Wait for this, so. Mm. So Maniac, you know, it, it's in the title, right? Mm. And it is it is one long make- waking nightmare because there's no... I mean, like, I guess there's a bit of a twist that we'll get to, but mm. it basically says what it is from the start to the point where here's how the Wikipedia starts. Mm. Frank Zito was abused as a child by his... Prostitute mother, sorry, sex worker mother. I'm just read this, I'm mm. reading it out verbatim by sex worker mother. And as a result, becomes a serial killer who murders <laughs> okay, who murders okay. young women, scalps them, and attaches their hair to mannequins. <sighs> That's the first line, right? Now, now I, I just want to take a start. And this is this is why I want to say this thing about psychology. Mm. So, Peach, I've just sent you the poster for Maniac that was actually banned in Australia. They had to change Remember this that?
1: poster. Yep, looking. Oh my
0: god! Now, can you read out Can you read out that tagline?
1: I warned you not to go out tonight.
0: So, see, even in the tagline, it's kind of gently victim blaming.
1: Yes, it's like
0: it was your fault to go out, and that's why you got scalped by maniac, and yes. your hair is now on a sort of mannequin, right? So, I guess my point is, the way they've set this up, it's like he had this mum who abused him, and that's why he kills women. Yeah, where so it's like. But that psychology is not reflecting the character, it's reflecting your morals. You could flip that around and be like, okay, this character's mom was a sex worker, so he goes out and kills men because he thought men were trying to attack his mom.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Why isn't there that? Why does it automatically have to be he attacks women? Hugely. Anyway. So let, let's keep going with Maniac.
1: I, I hope you're not addressing that question to me specifically because I'm <laughs> go, like, oh, my God, I don't have answers for you for this one. So another
0: thing, so this film really does very much feel like a waking nightmare. Yeah, and even
1: the preview, just oh, like running away at the empty subway, like, oh, fuck.
0: Well, another, th- like, another thing that adds to the grittiness of this film, it was shot guerrilla style. And guerrilla style means that they didn't actually get the permits to shoot it. So a lot of the time they just ran into a place in New York, and this is 1980s New York, Mm. uh, and they run into a place and uh, they film for like an hour or whatever, and then they quickly get out of there before anyone can come and be like, hey, where are your permits? You're not allowed Mm. to shoot here. Which adds to this... It, it adds to almost like, the, the even though the effects are really bad, and to be honest, I don't think they're that gratuitous in this movie. This movie mm. doesn't really, this movie really is about the maniac and him being crazy mm. and not really about the deaths as much.
1: Mm. That's how I shoot coffee in a case note, by the way. It's very, <laughs> <laughs> it's very Lars von style. Trier, like maniac style. It's good.
0: So it starts with him having a dream about killing a couple on a beach. And... The soundtrack is basically always him breathing heavily.
1: Why like why is seeing someone else's dream a narrative trope? Like I was I was thinking about this recently. Like what the fuck? In what universe is it good or interesting or fun to see the dream of someone else? And by extension, how much do my dreams, if you were to see them, help you understand me? The answer is zero. So they're completely fucking irrelevant.
0: That is two really excellent points. So I think the biggest lie of cinema, to your point, is Mm. that dreams matter. Because number one, yes, dreams are boring. No one gives a shit about your dreams. And number two, I think a long time ago, it was disproven that dreams have anything to do with who (sighs) you are as a person. So you're right. Like, the fact that he dreamed this is a complete coincidence because any other day, I'm sure he was dreaming something else.
1: Exactly. Exactly. He's not like, I'm going to dream about stuff I like specifically. And it's like, yeah, well, great.
0: So anyway, he he wakes up and he starts crying. And (laughs) basically he spends the whole film in like denial and self-hatred and then Mm. these moments of like being a maniac. So he dresses and leaves his apartment towards Manhattan into Times Square. And I was actually thinking about this, like what I was saying earlier about like how the fact that if you're not like a white man, you have like real fears of the world. Mm. There's this myth that, like, you know, back in the 80s, New York was a dangerous place. And it's like, dude, like, everywhere is still a dangerous place. Mm. There's this facade of safety and that you can see police and there's all these niceties, but bad mm, stuff still police, happens. Like,
1: Christ, mm. cops cause it.
0: Anyway, anyway so. Frank is randomly invited inside a hotel by a sex worker. Uh, she kisses him before he abruptly strangles and scalps her. Um, I guess what, like, um, I, I think it's probably worth noting is that this is not, like like I said before, I try to avoid any, like, it. it's not that this isn't sexual violence, but this isn't a rapey movie at all. Okay. And I think, like, I would have drawn the, like, I mean, fuck, like the, we are in the weeds of horror right now.
1: Yeah. Like, anyway. It, If you let human centipede in, you know, I I, I, I feel like you've got a fair bit of walking back to do from there.
0: Anyway, he returns home, dresses a mannequin with her clothing and nails her scalp to its head. Frank tells himself that beauty is a crime punishable by death. Fucking Sometime later, because it's a dream, it's like just sometime later, Mm. he dresses again and takes a collection of weaponry with him, including a double-barreled shotgun before leaving. He drives around Brooklyn in the Queens area where he finds a couple exiting a local disco and parking near the side of the Voranzo Bridge. When the boyfriend, who is Tom Savini, starts up the vehicle after Mm. his date sees Frank spying on them, Frank kills the couple with his shotgun and then adds the woman to his mannequin collection.
1: It's funny, guns are really scary in real life, but I feel like guns Mm. in movies, it's like, congratulations.
0: (laughs) Well, the reason why this scene has guns in it. So get this, like there's so many really interesting facts about the early days of like, you know, horror filmmaking, which uh, again, I'm like, I want to talk about because, Mm. so this was, this, this scene was filmed guerrilla style. They had an hour to get in and get out. Mm. The reason why Tom Savini plays this character is because the, the head he created to explode was a mold of his head. So they're like, Oh fuck. Well, I guess you're going to have to play this character. Mm. And, They used real, like, live ammunition in the gun, so they had to basically, like, throw the gun in the trailer and get out of there before anyone found them because if they were found, like, fucking firing a live gun in the middle of New York without a permit, they would have Mm. all been arrested. Sick. So he goes home, and after seeing his crime on television... So while this is happening, there's there's this, like the crimes are being reported and he keeps seeing and hearing the people talk about it, but they have no leads. They don't know who's doing it. They're these awful crimes. And he talks to the mannequins and then he cries himself to sleep.
1: Fucking hell. is he at least na- happy that, okay, yeah, no, he's not even like enjoying the scalps or anything. Well,
0: yeah. no. So, so I mean, that's the other thing. See, it's like, what's different from a torture-borne film? He's not like, hey, 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 I've got your scalp. Yeah. It's like he's he's compulsively Doing this thing. Like, I don't think the psychology checks out. I think this yeah. is wrong.
1: He's not like, mum would love this. Like, mum yeah. would hate this. Yeah. It's, ver- this ver- like, it's very mom much like,
0: mum did this to me. Which again, you know, tie that to the tagline; it's all very problematic.
1: I guess you are in parent guilt mode, Shag. You are very available to a parent guilt film of like, oh, what if I, what if I, think, I made Golden Child? Do this? I think I don't
0: want Golden Child to be Maniac. I think that's what's happening. So during the it's next day, it's an film. <laughs> during the next day in Central Park, Frank follows a photographer named Anna after she takes a photo of him and a little girl riding a bicycle in the distance at night. Frank sees a nurse Leaving the Roosevelt Hospital Where he then stalks her Inside the subway station And murders her with a bayonet Before adding her To his mannequin collection
1: That was a scary one In the preview Oh man Running away in the subway Yeah oh. I
0: didn't I didn't like that scene And to be honest It's like That was the one Where it's like Oh I don't enjoy Watching this now Especially in 2021 context. Oh fuck Days later, Frank heads to Anna's apartment and is invited inside by Anna after she recognizes him from the photo she took of him. So he can kind of, he kind of has this duality where he can sort of be a sort of almost semi charming dude mm. and not at all the maniac talking to himself, talking to his mannequin sort of thing. Upon him asking her out to dinner, he later shows her a photo of his mother who died in a car crash years ago. A few days later, Frank is invited by Anna to a studio during a photography session and she introduces one of her models, Rita, to him. After seeing the two talking and holding hands, he steals Rita's necklace and leaves. Later that same night, he arrives at Rita's apartment to give her a necklace before then attacking her and tying her to the bed. Frank begins talking and addressing her as his mother and stabs her with a switchblade before scalping her for his collection. At this point, he kind of reveals his motivation. He's like, you're mummy, mummy. Like, why didn't you, why did you go out? I was scared when you were going out. But now that I've got your like scalp, I can have you all the time sort of thing, right? And like yes. I said before, it's like you could flip. The reason why that psychology sucks is like depending mm-hmm. on whatever your moral, your moral belief and how you victim blame in circumstances like that or choose not to is mm. how you would create this maniac to, and who you would get him to kill and stalk. Yeah, exactly. And it's quite telling that the maniac punishes women and not men.
1: Well, I mean, isn't it bizarre? It's like um, my mother was the victim of an economy that pushed women to the margins. So I'm going to further the oppression my mum faced in the most violent way I can. i
0: Like, that just doesn't track for me. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, so that one night, Frank takes Anna on a date and they stop by a cemetery to visit his mother's grave. While laying some flowers beside the headstone, Frank begins to mourn over one of his early victims and attacks Anna. He chases her around the cemetery, but she hits him in the arm with a shovel before fleeing. He hallucinates his decomposing mother attacking him from the grave. (laughs) He runs back to his apartment. And this is where, this is where, like, I don't, again, like I'm not, I don't know how to say that it's like, the thing about, you know, liking horror is to know that it's not all fun. And like, there's, there are a lot of films that aren't, that have celebrated and maybe like quite questionable. Mm. Um, But I also don't want to stop anyone from watching what they want to watch, you know, within reason, Mm. as long as, you know, by, you know, a panel of my peers, like the classification board that has deemed this kind of, okay, part of Mm. me is like, okay, well I I feel then, you know, and the fact that I can just watch this on a streaming service.
1: Or the Splattershock film festival in Dunedin or whatever. Yeah,
0: exactly. Right. Mm. So he gets back to his apartment. And at this point, It's almost like all of his victims get their revenge because he hallucinates all of the mannequins coming to life and becoming his victims and they all mutilate Frank with his weapons before they ultimately tear his head off. The next morning, two police officers break into Frank's apartment. They finally caught up with him to see Frank lying dead on his bed. He's committed suicide. Or has he? Because as the officers leave the apartment, his eyes open. That's the end of Maniac.
1: Oh, that's a really irritating ending. So, like, Josh,
0: <laughs> like is like, he's dead. And it's like, am I
1: dead? <laughs> like, yeah, one of those endings, it's like, what do you want me to think about that? <laughs> oh, no, that actually pisses me off. Like, hopefully the Elijah Wood version, they really clear it up of, like, wink to camera. Of like, I always had pretending to be dead superpowers because of my mum. Boot.
0: Well, I mean, what's funny about the Elijah Wood one is hmm. they had an opportunity to, I guess, maybe rethink the psychology of the maniac. You could still make it really gross and dirty and scalping, hmm. but it's still like the Elijah Wood one. The only thing they changed is hmm. they shot the whole thing from Elijah Wood's POV. So the whole time you're watching it so from his eyes. So you not even him from the film. Well, you see what, him in the reflections camera just looks
1: as... in the mirror once and twice. Yeah, every now and then
0: the camera looks in the mirror and it's like there's <laughs> oh, a lot to have to be on set for like <laughs> two days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best way to get a big name in your film. I love
0: it. Actually, that's a really good point. If you shot a film from like let's say I'm I'm Spooker Studios is making a film from Matthew McConaughey's perspective in a world mm. where mirrors don't exist. Yep. And he's a vampire anyway. So if there are ever, like, and it's Dracula because Dracula's out of copyright now. Yep. So it's a Dracula film starring Matthew McConaughey, except the fact that it's from his perspective. And because he's a vampire, you can never see his reflection. Mm. So, done. Perfect.
1: Well, I'm going to get Bugsy Malone involved because, it, like, he could just, I'm just like, whatever footage you take on your phone, Bugsy is fine. Just, <laughs> Just shoot yourself. <laughs> Like wherever, around your house, the same Dracula-rated stuff, and just email them off to us and that's fine. We'll, we'll make it work.
0: Peach, I need to know, mm. can we legally mm. say a film is shot from Matthew McConaughey's perspective and never show him in the film but be like, yeah, it's shot from, and have his name mm. on the poster?
1: No, no. <laughs> no, <we can't. laughs> That would be misleading and deceptive conduct. <laughs> Probably, probably passing off as well. Um, Yeah, if you've got any other questions, uh, (laughs) coffee in a case note on TikTok, uh, (laughs) killing it over there. Uh, James Dapperty on LinkedIn, killing it over there. Did a rap the other day, put it on LinkedIn. People flipped because people on LinkedIn are really easily pleased.
0: But Peach, I'm really trying on LinkedIn, and I'm just not getting that engagement that you, you get. Are, you are getting it. I just do. I just need to just keep going. Fuck like it. It's like I'm two and a half years into this shit. Yeah, okay. And you got to start
1: yeah. doing videos
0: because
1: uh-huh. they don't get many views, but it's how people relate to you, and it means you're like, like you're aside. Like yesterday, I did a gently, um, just like a a one like the tweet ones always get huge. That are just like a little tweet, and I'm like, ugh. Oh, that like that classic moment when your cost estimate's too small. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> and people are like, oh, Pete, you've done it again. <laughs> You're a classic. <laughs> and then these like video case notes that are summaries of these super like, complex pieces of litigation that I spent hours preparing for and editing. They're like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Tell me some more jokes. <laughs> and so I feel like you earn the like personal brand for being an expert with the videos and then it's like when's video guy gonna do another funny joke cannot wait to smash the like button before he does that that is how you win LinkedIn
0: sick let's start a spooko LinkedIn
1: Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios please like subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much
0: as you can and Resh's what's up